Welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. Um, joining us today, um, a couple folks um, in the meetings and events uh, discipline at CVent, uh, Paulina Herto, Senior Manager of Meetings and Events, and Rachel Andrews, Senior Director of Meetings and, and Events. Uh, thanks for joining us, Paulina and Rachel. Thanks for having us. And um, this, you know, I guess we can go back to the last podcast I did with CVAN, but, uh, you know, this really a light bulb went off when I was talking with you folks. When, when you were talking, I think Rachel, especially about how uh, the job of a meeting and event planner has changed, uh, you know, especially since the pandemic, but I think those forces were in play even before. And then we'll, of course, uh, continue to sort of unfurl in the future. Um, so, you know, just in general, I mean, you are, are meeting in the meetings department for, uh, you know, the probably the leading tech company in the meetings and events world. What skills will meeting planners in the, uh, need in the future that maybe were not considered uh, traditional skills and that you employ right now? Uh, sure, I can take the first uh, go at this and Paulina can jump in. Obviously, Paulina and I uh, oversee the, the the meetings and events team at Cvent um, collectively. We have a few other managers on the team, but between the two of us, we um, Paulina manages the the marquee programs, and I I obviously oversee the team globally. But I think the last two years, I think it's safe to say we're kind of a landmine of learnings um, for our team, and we had to you know I hate the word pivot, but we had to pivot a few times in terms of what we were doing and. Um, our, our kind of world within our total events program opened up into more of a digital landscape. So, you know, while I don't think virtual events are anything new, that was housed primarily under, um, you know, our demand gen on the event marketing side. Um, the, the, the pandemic kind of forced, forced us to shift into that world as well with the elevation of production, um, people in the virtual transformation were, were not um, gonna watch you know, any old um, webinar. They wanted to watch something that will keep their, their interests, um, especially with virtual burnout. So we found that you know, the rise of production was a huge uh, skill that you know, we've always done production in person. And I, you know, I think most event professionals have done a run of show before worked with an av company closely to do a run of show but what you don't realize is when you have to actually do it yourself there's a lot of things that you 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 kind of learn along the way so i think that that was the one critical thing that um i, I don't want to say was not considered a traditional skill but it, it was one of those things that kind of got forced into the forefront of what we do um, and what we did for the virtual events and hybrid events that are are now part of our new normal um and part of our complete changeover of total events program landscape. So I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but with our CMO, Patrick Smith, but we, you know, we now have a makeup of, of tactics and event types in our, our toolkit that are more expansive than they were before. And because of that shift, we're working with, and we've always partnered really closely with marketing and um, our marketing operations team, but now, even more so, we are more in tune with the operation side of things. So whether it be data analytics, marketing analytics, campaign management, um, you know, SEO, uh, SEO related um, 
things, the social media side of campaigns, um, you know, the planner and the marketer have, you know, they've always been merging. They've been merging for the last, you know, so, so many years. And our, on, under our team, we have an event marketing branch. We have an operations branch. Um, now we're just working very, very closely across marketing to work through all those new virtual tools, all that new technology, making sure we're all speaking the same marketing uh, lingo. And we are not, we, we haven't been at CVent. I mean, I think we're kind of a, a unique uh, team in the, that we work for CVent and use CVent. Um, and, you know, we're lucky to, to have that. Um, we're lucky to have that luxury to, to, to use all those things. Um, but for us, you know, working across the, the marketing team in a deeper way has, has kind of sharpened our um, toolkit, whether it be um, understanding of data, understanding analytics, and ultimately um, forming that deeper relationship with the demand gen folks. What are their goals and, and what are they trying to get out of events? And then them, on the other hand, understanding all the things that go into what is a traditional skill and some of them have literally said in meetings like holy crap we didn't realize you guys did all the things that you do and it's it's been a, a game changer for us in the fact that the partnership is there we're, we're a little bit coming out of the pandemic a little bit stronger than, than we were before because we feel seen we feel like we have evolved a, a little bit and we feel a deeper connection to our marketing counterparts um Paulina, I don't know if you have um, anything to add. I know P Paulina um, kind of spearheaded a ton of the hybrid stuff in the production world um, of what we kind of had to undergo. <laughs> and what was that experience like, Paulina? Totally manageable, very easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think, Rach, you covered so much um, in, in, in that. But I, I think another <clears throat> element that wasn't necessarily a new skill set, but a new interpretation or iteration was contingency plans, right? Um, how do we how do we fail safe our virtual programs? What are the sort of levels of support that we need to leverage um, for virtual events, for hybrid events? And I think, you know, in 2020 for our virtual um, Cvent Connect conference there were <laughs> plan A through G, right? Like there were so many layers to, okay, this is how we're gonna communicate communicate out to our attendees. This is how we need to communicate with internal stakeholders. Um, you know, do we have backup file assets for sessions that lose a stream? Um, so we took all of the 2020 learnings, applied them to our 2021 hybrid program. And what you ended up getting was just a full on playbook, a manifest of contingency plans. And I think, you know, we've always said, you know, if a speaker can't make it to the session, what do we do, right? We get on the stage, we say, we apologize, there's been, you know, an issue, an inconvenience, we'd love to help you get to another session, right? Well, you know, something similar to that, we actually had benefits in our, in our, um, you know, to having a hybrid event where we were able to, you know, live stream someone in who couldn't make um, their on-site speaking engagements. So there were almost like contingency plans and then, um, you know, flexibility findings as well. So I think that was something that was drastically new for us to sort of embrace and, and work through over these last 18 months. And, and let's say you were going to like hire a uh, an event planner to your team, what sort of uh, skills would they need to bring in with them that you may not have uh, emphasized just a couple of few years ago? 
You know, I think a lot is is taught on the job, um, especially if you're if we're hiring someone in you know associate level or, or you know someone right out of school. A lot of times mm-hmm. we start there because learning on the job is part of it. But I, I I tend to look for a little bit of understanding of market uh, event marketing. Um, you know, we and, and knowledge of campaigns, knowledge of of uh, you know revenue if possible um you know the the i think the one thing that is always overlooked and this is like what really irks me about when i went to college there was nothing like this like there was there was nothing that helped me kind of prepare for this huge industry huge career and you had to learn finance and budgets and roi and bookings targets all of that was learned on the job and you know so that's a that, that's a, a big part of you know Paulina and I spend a ton of time with our team teaching them about risk management how do you build a budget how do you how do you see and and question costs or negotiate like <laughs> some of those things I wish that I wish they had um, training programs for those things before someone got into the workplace because you know I know we have the CMP stuff and that's really really great for our, our um, for our, our um, careers, but I, you know, and in, in, in our industry, but there's, it's almost like they need more, we need more training of these more niche in-depth things. How do you build a run of show? How do you do production? What is production? What is a budget? What is risk management? Um, and, you know, I, I, I thought I knew risk management before a global pandemic hit, but I have gotten the, uh, street MBA in <laughs> navigating the, the, uh, the, the treacherous things like force majeure and understanding all of those contract terms that, you know, you kind of understand at a, at a, at a high level, but when you, when you encounter those things, you, you get to know. So to answer your question, I think, you know, for folks trying to get into this field or for folks trying to um, apply for things, I would treat your resume almost like you're a business operator and um, not so much focus on, yes, all the other things that planners do in terms of decor and, and, and the traditional, you know, things that I kind of have been on those, those lists treat as a, as a, as a uh, business operator. So showcase how you can bring revenue or ROI or, um, you know, something related to how you think strategically about event design um, into into that. And that's what we're really looking for is someone that's thinking a little bit more strategic than, you know, someone that just books, uh, you know, coaches or something. You know what I mean, like I'm, I'm oversimplifying the, the, the traditional planner role. But for us, we're looking for that strategic mindset. We're looking for project management. We're looking for really, really organized people that can think critically that, um, you know, can can literally be a mini CEO eventually, because that's kind of what we are. We work with every <laughs> event professionals. You know, I, I don't think we're no longer just planners. We're business operators, right? We drive revenue for companies in some cases. We help contribute to ROI and sales at organizations for a lot of our events that we produce. Um, and I think, you know, that, that demonstrating that higher profile in, in a resume or in an interview, um, lifts us all. Right. And do you think that, uh, you know, and I really take, uh, what you say to heart, everything is changing so fast. You know, you really have to be flexible as a, uh, 
as a company with your team and and understand they're not going to know every single thing coming in and you're going to have to That's the other stop. thing Tyler too is like I know you mentioned like when you hire an event planner but it's it's a little bit more complicated for us than that. It's you know yeah. we have we have kind of set up our team into three branches almost which is you know event marketing, event design which Paulina oversees and then we have you know event call it event operations which encompasses a ton of stuff. That's you know analytics, that's um, event tech it's um, processes and functions that we're working with all the different marketing sy technology systems. So our MarTech stack, we need to be able to speak to um, the, the operations folks. So our operations team works with them to make sure that we're a well-oiled machine with our events. So it's not, we're not just hiring planners, we're hiring the, the we're hiring for the full pillars of, of everything that we're doing, right? So. And do and you think and thusly so, not just with your company, but just in general, that, uh, that, that people in that discipline um, will kind of go further in the kind of the hierarchy of companies? Um, you know, much like I think the, the old example is uh, human resources managers now are really have a seat at the table in the C-suite. And so do you see um, all this uh, extra, I guess, a uh, burden you would call it, or extra requirements of, of doing this sort of work will translate into a higher profile within organizations. Yeah, I, I think, you know, for us, I think, you know, when we, when, when one of us rises, that the tide kind of rises with us. But um, in some cases, I, I know I was talking about like us demonstrating that our function and meaning for the meetings and events world drives revenue for companies like needs to be discussed more and i think for those folks that you know want that higher profile that higher profile comes with when you're talking about uh budgets and revenue and bookings that you can bring or impact that you can have and i think the only way to do that is you know with more data insights into your total events program and that's that's why we're partnering so closely with the operations team that's why I, we built kind of a separate operations branch because our planners and, and, and our event designers on Paulina's team are too busy to sit down and, and do a ton of you know, analytics after the fact. They're usually on to the next executing. They're, they're doing a lot of that with the ops team, um, but you know, there's, we, we kind of separated it out because we needed more support there. Um, so I think you know, with the rise of digital and the event professional toolkit, um, also comes with more power. So the more data insights, um, ultimately leveraging um, traditional planners to become uh, directors and beyond and, and maybe elevate even, I know everyone's been talking about taking your seat at the boardroom table for years, but it's really hard to do that at a company that maybe not isn't, like our company is an events company. Um, other companies aren't, but I think the shouting from the rooftops all the impact that your team is making or your um, events are bringing to the table that's going to help and then maybe this next question is really relevant to paulina with what she mentioned earlier uh, but you know how has your job and knowledge as a meeting planner been transformed in the last few years and especially since the pandemic i mean uh take it away right everything yeah. kind of changed for you right yeah, I mean, just to echo what Rachel was saying, you know, our partnership with our event marketing team, our product marketing teams has been, you know, completely shifted. We are working, you know, um, 
in partnership with them so, so closely. And it starts at the outset of the event. I mean, we're operating under different, um, you know, external variables. Uh, we're marketing events at different timelines. We don't need that nine plus month marketing timeline plan for hybrid and virtual events. We can, you know, you can uh, spin up a virtual event so much more quickly and, and it doesn't require as much or as intensive marketing promotion as it typically had for in-person only traditional events. So that was like a big learning, um, understanding what our, our mutual teams were comfortable with in terms of, okay, here are the MQL goals. Now to get these goals, what's the minimum, you know, promotional timeline that we can operate off of? Um, so that was interesting because you know, when when the promotion timeline shifts, that doesn't necessarily mean the true planning and design timeline shifts. So, you know, we're still designing, um, you know, what the agenda will look like, what the unique experiences will um, incorporate, you know, in that sort of six plus months out traditional timeline. So um, it's interesting because you get to lock in a lot more and you're not promoting and locking things in at the same time. So there were some streamlined um, or efficiencies found in the in the pre-planning process. Um, you know, I think something else is understanding how to design experiences and agendas for two audiences, um, and really leaning into the technology to support a, a, a great experience for both. Not sub-optimizing, you know, the virtual audience or or the in-person audience. Um, it's really kind of keeping them both a priority um, and staying in lockstep with marketing, right? How are we promoting and communicating this same experience to these two very unique audiences? So that was really interesting. It was it was challenging, but um, you know, I've I've been talking to a number of customers and and friends in the industry, and it's almost like okay, so if you're thinking about the event in you know in person terms, how are you? encouraging, corralling, shepherding people to go from lunch to, to general session. And it's, you know, are we chimesing in the room? Are we sending a push notification? Um, and so I think about sort of these, you know, inflection points throughout the in-person traditional experience and how to bring them to life in the virtual one. And maybe it's, you know, it's a push notification that you can receive on, in the mobile app or on your desktop, or maybe it's like a custom card, right? It's, it says something like, what's on next? And, and that's sort of that person, that hallway monitor saying, oh, yep, breakout sessions are down here to the right. Well, as you're scrolling through the agenda, it's what's on next. That's kind of like these sort of parallel experiences and how you're you're taking those traditional experiences and implementing virtually because I feel like there are a number of planners out there who are overwhelmed perhaps intimidated and if you sort of go back to the core to the roots of like you know I've done this before I can certainly do it in the virtual sense you, you know you kind of just have to take yourself back and relate um, to the sort of rooted principles and I think that's been really helpful um, and like I said, yeah, working in lockstep, don't underestimate the value of subject matter experts that are across your organization. Um, you know, Rachel and I found out, you know, in real time, what the value of having great internet is, right? Or what a great video setup, lighting setup um, experience can be. And so, you know, if you have an internal IT team um, or subject matter experts in perhaps production, um, tap into them because, you know, we we made best friends of our IT team, um, just learning best practices um, and sort of baselining a knowledge sense of what's required to do a virtual event, what's required for, you know, remotely produced production experiences. So I think that was really um, 
a big learning for us and, and another opportunity for, you know, internal partnership across the org, um, which is always, you know, a great benefit to have. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, we're almost uh, at the end of our podcast today, but just in general, like really basically, what are, say, a few or five things that meeting planners should learn or augment their knowledge of um, to help ensure their uh, future success? I can kick it off, Rachel. Kick it off. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think something that's really important is, is being super aware and prepared for um, changing timelines. I think a big learning for us was, you know, incorporating the virtual strategy, the hybrid strategy. There are so many layers to, like I mentioned before, contingency plans. Um, but, you know, in this hybrid era, the event is extended, the reach is extended, and there are extended roles as well, right? There's video editing, there's um, animated interstitials. So um, just be conscious of what your timeline planning looks like and always just buffer in <laughs> a week, maybe two. Um, I think that was a big learning for us. Um, you know, Rachel touched on, you know, having a sense of virtual production, know how to do a very basic run of show. I think there's some, you know, unique um, industry talk that I think everyone should really understand. What is a run of show? What does a simplistic one look like? Um, and um, understand that there are levels and ver versions of production, right? Not all events need to be hybrid. Not all events can should just be in person. And so giving yourself the grace and flexibility to understand what levels of production should be incorporated into your total event program. You don't have to, you know, force a square peg into a round hole. Like I think there are ways to really, to Rachel's point earlier, strategic design your event and it, and the associated experiences so that it really fits um, in line with the, the technology and production um, that makes sense. Anything to add, Rachel? Oh, I have I have a bunch, Pauline and Neil, the, yeah, the first couple that I that I had on my list, but um, I would get acquainted with your marketing tech stack and see what of those things you can leverage and maybe even get um, you know a quick tutorial on what all the things do. Because um, sometimes the answer is right at your back door and you just don't know it. Um, so having those kind of like quick crash course cliff note versions of, um, you know, what what those things can 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 benefit you with would be great. I'd recommend, you know, you know everybody does uh, some sort of training on um, how to how to build a budget. I know that that's not new, but. I think given the fluctuating ways we're doing events now, you have to have um, sensitivity analysis for, you know, have to build out sensitivity analysis for, you know, events where you're, the unknown is right now. And, you know, we, we had three different models or four different models of different attendee types and different, different um, targets that we might hit on site. And then the associated risk associated spend with that. And that was, you know, something we've done for years, but, you know, it got honed in a little bit more with the, with the changing landscape. Um, I did a couple risk assessment trainings. I'd recommend people doing those. I know most people aren't planning events for 40,000 people, but it is good to know what a risk assessment training from a health and safety perspective is. I know the WHO has one that, that I did. Um, you, that's something you can do. Obviously, you can get trained in CVENT if you have CVENT. Um, 
but investing more in technology and, and doing whatever trainings you can. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can have get online that um, can help with that. So, you know, I think Paulina touched on connecting with the different folks at your company. You know, you may have a small company, you may have a larger company, but getting acquainted with what those different branches do are great. I mean, we, we work with everyone from HR to finance to IT to our net, newly working with our networking team, which um, is a, they're experts in, in internet um, bandwidth, which is something I never thought I'd have to know, but we know that now, um, you know, and, and, and especially your market marketing organization, depending on what your goals are at your company. I think um, that's the biggest thing for us. And that's the that's the one thing I think that really, really saved us and helped um, kind of we just had all these brainstorm sessions. We we opened those doors and got really creative. We got really agile and we, you know, ultimately are knock on wood doing OK with our events and, um, you know, in the in the um, road to recovery for our total events program. Great. Well, thank you, uh, Paulina and Rachel, for joining us today. You bet. And that was uh, Paulina Curto, uh, Senior Manager, Meetings and Events, and Rachel Andrews, Senior Director, Meetings and Events with CVANT. Um, thanks for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson with Meetings Today. Um, head on over to meetingstoday.com and check out our podcast uh, section for all sorts of interesting and informative podcasts with industry thought leaders, as well as our Dare to Interrupt podcast uh, from Courtney Stanley, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. So thanks for joining us today and have a great rest of the day.